0: Welcome back to The Fulfillment Project. Today I want to share with you uh, an interview that I was on, another podcast uh, by Rachel Stewart. She has a new podcast out called Pieces of Grit. And Rachel reached out to me earlier this year, and she's just in the beginning stages of starting to... Take, put content out there, build a brand, and start a business for herself. And I absolutely loved this conversation and especially Rachel's vulnerability for just starting this and how her nervousness for starting a podcast and everything. And I think it's, I really want to highlight her determination and her perseverance and just her vulnerability for stepping out and going after what she wants. So I really hope that you enjoy this show. We talk about, there's personal development, we talk about relationships, there's some business and fitness talk and a really nice mixture of a lot of things that's going to be able to help you here today. And when you have a chance, I would love for you to jump on over and check out Rachel's podcast, Pieces of Grit, and just see the amazing work that she's putting into building her own brand. Enjoy.
1: Sarah Fennel, it is so great to have you here today. Thanks for being on Pieces of Grit podcast. One of of your posts on Instagram really jumped out at me a few months ago, which is kind of what made me reach out to you. You are recently engaged, so congratulations on that. We will talk about all things Joe a little bit later, but first, why don't you tell me a little about who you are and how you got to where you are?
0: Yeah, so we'll do a little bit of a, a Cliff notes version of this, because uh, my story has about a 10-year journey. Um, you know, I was I grew up with typical parents who told me to go to school and get good grades and, and get a good secure job, and, and I followed that traditional, you know, quote-unquote path to success, and I became a dental hygienist. And it was, you know, getting a couple years into that career where I felt very unfulfilled, and, you know, that's the name of my podcast is the fulfillment project. And I'm sure your listeners here, you know, all around like grit and, and tenacity. People want big things for their lives, but they're just too scared to go after it. But I was in this state of feeling so unfulfilled. You know, I really didn't have a passion and I had recently moved to a new city where I didn't know anybody. So I started actually going to the gym and having an outlet there, meeting people. And it was a way for me to kind of put some focus into something which was my body. I'd never been an overweight person, but I had always looked at women on the magazine covers and seen fitness models and always kind of strived to have that that ultimate body epitome and have abs. So this is where I had found fitness competitions. And I started competing in fitness shows and realized how much I loved showcasing my journey online. Now, this is back in 2009, 10 and 11, when in, when Facebook was kind of just coming up in the world Instagram didn't exist. Uh, YouTube was really just starting to make its mark. So I was putting stuff out on YouTube and on Facebook and sharing my journey of what it really meant to change the body. Because we read all these articles about, you know, getting abs in 30 days or all of these like fat loss foods. And for years, I had been following kind of that typical marketing and not wondering why I wasn't getting the success that was marketed. Well, I realized the actual effort that it took to put into the body for a woman to actually have abs and to look fit. So I decided to start educating people on, hey, this is what it really, really takes to transform your body. And with that came a community that started to build and a bunch of women who really enjoyed following me. And I kept you know, giving out so much free information. And a lot of people were asking for services that I decided, I decided to start an online fitness business. And that was the birth of my journey into entrepreneurship and being a business owner in 2011 when I launched that. And then, you know, from there, it's been I, I built a six-figure online business. Um, I got into launching products. Um, I was named a top 100 internet retailer for my fitness programs. Um, and then decided to make a pivot a couple of years ago into business coaching for fitness professionals, which is what I currently do now. And I host a podcast of my own and we do speaking and host events. And I am totally, totally in my element. And I know that that whole journey there is going to open up into so many more questions, probably about transitioning and, and career wise and everything. So I'm excited to indulge your listeners.
1: Yeah, I love hearing the passion in your voice. I think it's, con- <laughs> it, it makes me excited just hearing you explain the journey that you've been on.
0: Yeah. And it's because I've always just followed my intuition. And I think this is something that a lot of people don't listen to enough. And everything that has been, you know, successful in my life, it's never been looking at someone else. It's never been. You know, copying someone else's steps. It's always been this internal, yes, you need to do this. And I think we get those nudges very often, but fear pops up, judgment pops up, other people's opinions pop up, and we ignore, you know, what we truly, truly want and what will make us happy. And for me over the years and through that journey, there's, there's been transition that, that has been easy, but, and other ones that have been really hard. But every time I've made a pivot, it's always caused me more pain to stay where I'm at. And I, I think naturally, as humans, we crave growth. And Tony Robbins always says this you know, if you're not progressing, you feel like you're dying. And this is where I feel like a lot of people have that mild grade depression or apathy or unfulfillment for life is because they're not growing. And at every different stage of your life, it's going to require a different level of you, it's going to require growth. And every time I've felt that pull to make a pivot, it's because I felt like I've kind of mastered that one area of my life and I'm craving a different level of growth. So I've literally been like pulled to make the pivot and and that's where my journey's kind of taken those different turns.
1: Yeah. On the comparison thing, was that something you were always pretty good at? Or can you share some habits and disciplines that you've learned along the way that other people can implement to stop comparing themselves?
0: Yeah, um, that's such a good topic, and it's interesting because when I started my fitness business in 2011, like Instagram wasn't around, so like Instafamous wasn't a thing, creeping wasn't really a thing. Facebook was in its heyday of you know you had friends and you followed these friends. So when I started my fitness business, I it was like ignorance on fire, and and I think <laughs> I did so I did so well in the beginning is because I didn't have other people to look at and I feel like we're in this spot now of we follow so many people, we creep so many people. If we're looking to make a pivot or a brand change or, you know, launch a new service, we're like, "Oh, what are other people doing like this?" So it's it's natural to go out and want to do a little bit of research, but we have to be careful at where that comparison stops us because as soon as we start comparing, we start looking at where we are lacking in our lives. So you know, and especially with with Instagram and social media, we have to be careful how much we're indulging in that content and how it's actually making us feel. Because if you compare, obviously, like what I said, you can feel lack. So then it makes you feel like you're not good enough. It makes you feel like you're not ready to do something. It can also make you feel like an imposter syndrome, which is, you know, you're not the expert, you shouldn't be doing this. So I think it's just having a really good self-awareness as to, are you comparing just to kind of see what's out there? Or are you like binging on people's content consistently to a point where it's stopping you from being in action and action drives every result. And if you're not in action enough, stop looking around at people and do like a, a, a purge. And I, I do this frequently because we, we kind of end up in trends of you know who are you following and how does it make you feel and and purging social media purging how many emails you're subscribed to maybe sometimes even purging podcasts that you're listening to not not this one obviously but <laughs> just I, I understand be, what you're saying just be careful you know the information that you're taking in how is it making you feel is it inspiring you to take action or is it blocking you from taking action.
1: I certainly find myself getting into those ruts where I start, because of this comparison thing, I will start looking at all of my weaknesses, the areas in which I'm deficient, instead of appreciating who I am and what I do have to offer. Because everyone has so much to offer. And that's what you have to focus on and tap into.
0: 100%. The other thing about comparing too is you know, let's just use, um, we can even use like whether you're comparing to someone else's body, whether you're comparing to someone else's relationship, whether you're comparing to someone else's business, what you're seeing on the outside is usually years of accumulated work. So someone's brand right now or someone's body or someone's relationship, it's not at your square one. So when you're comparing yourself to what you're physically seeing of someone's life, they've put so much work in the back end to get to where they are. So you know, you comparison comparing yourself and then ending up in the lack or the negative mindset. You just have to understand that okay, I'm at square one. I can be there. It's just going to take a little bit of time because everybody starts at square one.
1: That is true. Yeah. I'm in that mode myself with this be- podcast being pretty new and struggling to look at other people who you know are on episode 300 or 400 and go like, oh my gosh, if only. But it's the baby steps. You have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've told myself and other people, I think the best thing about being brand new is saying, the only way I can go is up from here. So let's do this thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's the other thing about starting from square one or comparing yourself to people who are further in their journey. You know, you look at them, you're like, Oh my God, they're so awesome. And they speak so well, or they do this so well, they've gone through all the learning lessons that you have to go through in order to get to that level. And that's what people don't understand. They see, they see an outcome and they want that. But they're not willing to go through the growth and the failures and the ups and downs to get to that high level of achievement. So everybody starts somewhere and just like keep going. (laughs) And I I think it's great, Rachel, that you're being so transparent about about the podcast and about it being new. You know, because you're actually you're opening yourself up to being in a growth environment and you're 100 percent right. There is nowhere to go but up.
1: Hmm. So if you are coaching a lot of fitness professionals, what are some of the trends that you're seeing right now? And I'm really interested to hear your take on trends that are positive or trends that are like, oh my gosh, that's too extreme or not really healthy or sustainable.
0: Mm, you mean it, like the results that people get for fitness clients?
1: Yeah, in fitness. Um again, I know you're kind of coaching on the business model, but I'm sure you hear about a lot of the health, nutrition and exercise regimens that people are pushing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even in my fitness business, my niche or, you know, client I was trying to attract in definitely changed over the years. So I got into the industry from the massive body transformation perspective. And and massive transformations, whether it's eight weeks, 12 weeks, you know, people want a quick result, kind of like what we're saying, we don't want to, you know, go through that growth phase of getting to that end result. So people are always looking for a quick result. And I was sucked into that at first. And for years, I spent trends in the massive body transformation, but really, like it was yo-yoing, like a woman getting really lean and ripped, it's not sustainable. So you, you know, you get your your body to a point, and then you digress a little bit, and then you go back. And, you know, I think the trends, like, let's look at what people see most days, which is social media. So Instagram is really big right now. And I know that when Instagram first came out, it was really popular for massive body transformations because it was such a visually appealing platform. People love to see the before and afters. Now I'm finding that a lot more fitness and health professionals are moving to a more holistic way, a more sustainable way of living. And I think that, you know, even the user, so the clients that these fitness people are getting are starting to realize that they don't want the quick transformation because they know it doesn't last. So I find that people always go on trends. What we're seeing most of we're like, oh yes, I want that. We see that success, we want that. And then we kind of go through that experience ourselves and think, okay, that's a lot of effort for a short-term gain. I'm looking for like long-term uh, happiness and fulfillment in this goal. So I'm noticing that a lot more people are going to, yeah, just a lot more holistic lifestyle, you know, sustainable fitness and life management systems as opposed to the massive body transformations that were really, really trending in about 2013, 14, 15
1: do you, we're going to kind of wrap up this section but with all of that being said in your own fitness practice do you have just two or three tips that you recommend for the average person out there who's just looking to be a little more balanced and increase their health incrementally
0: yeah so number 1 is listen to your body and you know i've been through my ho- my own health issues i actually even became a holistic nutritionist in 2013 cuz i wanted to learn about how to optimize your health, and when your body is optimized, meaning it's running great, like your hormones are balanced, your digestive system's running great, um, you know your nervous system isn't overstimulated, your body will do what you want it to do when you put in that effort. So if people are struggling with their health or even their weight, you need to pay attention to your body and listen to your body. So you know how are you feeling? How is your Energy? How is your digestive system? And most of the time, you can pinpoint where things are wrong. And I think far too many people are relying on doctors or tests or someone else to give them the answer. And, and I've learned to be really super body aware, and it's really helped me really optimize my health. So, you know, number one, yet yeah, just start with listening to your body. Is it operating right? And are you giving yourself the environment for that positive change? So are you managing your stress? And I know that's like a want, want, want topic. People don't (laughs) want to talk about stress because it's not sexy. But you know, if your life is stressful and chaotic, and you're living into drama, and you just don't even have that time to breathe, there is no way you're ever going to be able to change your health because that runs your hormones, it runs your mind, it runs everything. So I would just say manage your life and really listen to your body.
1: Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. It's always good to have simple things that we can do and small tweaks, like you said, instead of an overhaul. Yeah. things that aren't sustainable.
0: And you know, like I know that's a little bit vague for a lot of people, but there are so many. There, there's not one right way. To climb a mountain, like a mountain has many sides you can climb up. So whatever it is, the goal that people are trying to get to, you know, there are many different, you know, diets or lifestyle changes or training or activity that people can do. And they all work, but people have to find out what works best for them and what can they do that they enjoy that's sustainable. And that's the biggest thing we can put our bodies under. a a certain regimen for a certain amount of time to get a result. But if what you're doing, you can't see yourself doing three months, six months, a year down the road, don't continue doing it because it's not going to be sustainable and you're going to end up right back to where you were.
1: So true. Mm -hmm. Well, you found a guy who's also into fitness. So tell us about Joe. How did you guys meet? And I want to hear how he proposed. I want to hear it all.
0: Yeah. So Joe is and this is going to sound so cliche, but I literally had that moment where I met him for the first time and I knew that this person was going to make a massive, massive impact in my life. And I think we've all been in relationships. Um, you know, the, the honeymoon phase where things are all lovey dovey and it wasn't like that. It was something even more beyond that. So Joe and I had actually been friends on Facebook since 2012. Um, is when we first became friends. And I love that Facebook allows you to be able to see when you first connect with people. Um, and, And I think it was because of the fitness industry, you know, people add people and we kind of just network, but we had never talked. So we became friends on Facebook in 2012. And then in 2016, at the beginning of it, for some reason, we started liking each other's photos. And I saw his name popping up a few times and had been seeing his post and he was really getting into business coaching at the time. And I ended up reaching out just saying, Hey, like happy to connect. I know we've been friends for a while. I see we've been liking and commenting our stuff. And I ended up asking him a business question. And from there he said, Hey, why don't we jump on a quick call and you know, I can help navigate things for you a little bit faster. So we ended up having a phone call and we ended up on the phone for well over an hour. And then after we had each other's phone numbers, we ended up starting to text and, the texting got more beyond business conversation. And I ended up flat out saying, Hey, listen, because I think we were texting for like two weeks, like every single day. And we were getting to know each other through texting. It was just one of those things where I was excited to see his text. And, you know, when we feel those emotions rising. So I just flat out said, Hey, like, I know we're talking a lot here. I feel like this is going beyond business. Like what's happening here. And he had said, he's, and he said, flat out, like, he said, listen, I'm in a relationship. You know, things are not going well right now. And he said, I really want to meet you, but I can't meet you when I'm in this relationship because that's just not fair. And of course, I said, like, I, I'm not that type of girl. Like, you know, sorry, I didn't know. Um, you know, definitely, you know, you do what you got to do. And it was actually uh, uh, less than a week later, he messaged me and he was like, listen, I had a big talk. You know, things are ending with this relationship. They've been on the rocks for a long time. You know, can I meet you on such and such date? And he, he said he wanted to come over um, and make me dinner because I'm not a cook. I, I'm not the cook at the house. I actually hate cooking. And that came out of one of our conversations. So he said, I want to come over. I want to make you a really nice dinner. So he's going to come to my condo in Toronto. And he showed up at my building. And I remember I was downstairs in the lobby and I was waiting. I was so excited. I'm texting my friend and I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? I feel like I'm a 16 year old school girl. I'm like all excited and anxious. And I mean, I'm at the time I was like 30, 33 years old. <laughs> I know I'm not, I'm not a little girl at this time. I've been in many relationships and he pulls up to the front of my condo building and I go running out the door for the first time to meet him. I jump into his arms and wrap my legs around him. And we do this like running jump hug we call it. And I don't know what came over me, but something just propelled me to do that. And we just stood there like holding each other. And I've never had a moment like that with anybody. I I I it's something came came beyond me that impulsed me to do that because I'm not a, a typical crazy girl like that. Um but it was a moment that we actually both shared in synchronicity that we, you know, both embraced. Um, so then he parked his car underground at my condo. We went up into into my my uh, my unit and I was like shaking and he sat me down on the couch and he was like giggling like a little schoolboy and we sat on the couch and just kind of hugged each other. We weren't even like talking at this point. And this is how I know that there's something beyond, you know, what we know of our physical world because I know that Joe is someone who I was definitely meant to meet in this lifetime. And I've been engaged Uh, twice before. um, And we can get into that. But I've left each engagement and the one we even had a date planned. And it was one of those moments where, and I think people know when something doesn't feel right in their life. And sometimes we stay in things longer than what we should. But I've left every relationship in the past and those two engagements because something felt like it was missing. And you know, I always had this feeling growing up of how I wanted a relationship to be and how I wanted that connection to be and how I wanted that communication to be and just how I wanted that, that feeling. And it's something that we can't explain, but I feel like we're all kind of searching for something in relationships, which is usually why we leave. So something just propelled me to leave those relationships in the past because something wasn't right. And when I met Joe, it was like an instant, this is the person I've been searching for my whole life. As cliche as that sounds, I've like never felt that before, and I just instantly knew. And, you know, from there, like a year later, we started business coaching together. We moved in within um, six months of dating, um, and now we got engaged a few months ago. And, you know, we can we can go into different parts of that relationship, but you know, it's a relationship that I treasure. It's something I've been looking for my whole life, and it's something that Joe and I have worked on really, really hard to quote unquote perfect because no relationship is perfect.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love that story. That is the sweetest. And thank goodness for social media and all the connectivity we have now for you and Joe to meet. I, You hit the nail on the head when you were talking about your two past engagements where you know you felt like something was missing, something just wasn't right. And I love that you had the courage and the strength to speak up and say something and to get out of that. I I feel like looking back at my past relationships, I always, once it's over and you step away from that situation, you can look back and learn so much about yourself. I'm really curious to know what you learned about yourself going through those experiences.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, there's so much. And I think I, I, I believe in divine timing because, like what I said, like Joe and I are friends on Facebook for four years before we ever actually met. And if I had met him a year previous, it probably wouldn't have worked out, you know, and, and so forth. So in past relationships, I definitely learned how I wanted to be treated. Um, I've been in verbally abusive relationships and definitely stayed longer than I should have. So I learned how I wanted to be communicated to. Um, I've been in a relationship before my previous relationship to Joe was a very, very, very wealthy family. Um, they basically offered me the world. They wanted me to come into their family business. And I ended up leaving that, um, because it was a superficial relationship to begin with. And I just didn't want to come into that family business. Um, and that's something that my mom was even like, I'm surprised you left that because you could have been offered the world. But I was shown so much luxury, but I was also shown the superficial side of that luxury as well. And I'm someone who didn't grow up with A lot of like my family were very blue collar, you know, they worked very hard for what they gave my sister and I. And in that relationship, I I thought I wanted the wealth and I thought I wanted all the name brand stuff and, you know, all that stuff that we think that we're building a business for or gaining money for, you know, the possessions. And I definitely learned that I wasn't happy in that relationship. And no matter how much stuff I had or trips or luxury that was around me, I wanted happiness. So, being in that previous relationship before Joe, I learned that money will never buy me happiness and that I was looking for pure bliss. So, that is something that I had to definitely learn in that one relationship um, and definitely communication, how I wanted to be treated. Um, and in past relationships, I had tried to build a business with a partner before, but they weren't as committed as me, or I felt like I was holding all the weight or it just, it just didn't fit. So I was definitely looking for someone to build a business with because my business is my life and my life is my business. And, you know, I don't see a distinction and I don't want a distinction and that's just me. And then, you know, meeting Joe, it just, it was absolutely everything I had been looking for and not looking for at the same time.
1: Since you have this experience now, and you've really identified how to see in yourself like where you're being fulfilled and the things that are connecting with your passion instead of just the superficial stuff that looks really good on social media or whatever. How do you coach other, we'll say women in this instance, how do you coach Mm -hmm. other women to identify that as well and make the hard decisions that puts them on the right path?
0: People have to look at like right now in your life, are you fulfilled. Like, are you happy? If nothing, if nothing changed in your life right now, could you die tomorrow and be happy? And I think at the core, like, we all want happiness and fulfillment. And when we don't have that, I feel like we're always kind of looking for, oh, I just need to start making this much money. Or, oh, I need to look this certain way. Or, oh, I need to have these name brands. Or, I need this house. Or, I need this car. And we're always looking for outside things to make us happy. And I believe that I met Joe because I learned what made me happy inside. So I became happy with myself before he ever came into my life. And I've definitely filled voids in the past with food, with drugs, with alcohol, with sex, with relationships that weren't serving me, with superficial friendships. And we all do that. But I think at the core, if you can learn to get really happy with who you are as a person, all of your faults all of your shortcomings, all of those, you know, bad things that maybe you've done in the past. And at the human level, you can say, yeah, I'm okay with myself. And and I'm a really good person. That is when the stuff in your life is actually going to start coming to, to you. And I think that we definitely need to go through the learning experiences. So you need to learn for yourself that money will not buy you happiness. And as much as I can say, You know, money won't buy you happiness. And most people are like, yeah, I understand that. I do know that a lot of people listening here are still searching for that next thing or that next relationship. And we have to go through those learning experiences of realizing, okay, I tried that. It didn't make me happy. Next, next, next. And when we can go through these learning lessons in life, this is when we're going to come out on the other side of realizing what makes us happy or what relationships that we're really looking for. And like on the relationship context. And many times, like I've settled for relationships or thinking, you know, maybe I'm being greedy for wanting it all. You know, maybe I I should just put up with this, or maybe I don't think that there's anything else out there better for me. But every time that I've left something, I've always found something better, because I've learned what I don't want. And I think far too many people they're looking at what they what they want, but they don't know what they don't want. And when we can identify what we don't want, this is when we can start weeding out things and people faster to get to that blissful state. Does, does that help? Girl, I feel like that was a little bit oh, of an exaggerated I I, answer. Okay. No,
1: I was just having a conversation with my mom the other day about looking back over my life and seeing patterns of complacency, or the unwillingness to make a it's kind of like you said, at the beginning, you know, at some point, you're too uncomfortable to stay where you are. So you have to make a change. And, you know, seeing patterns of myself where it's like, yeah, I'm not really fulfilled, but I'm not motivated enough to move forward and I'm definitely at the point where life is too short to live unfulfilled now. So, I don't care what risks and what challenges I have to take like it's not worth it. I need to figure out what is, you know, what is my pur- what's going to give me purpose? Not what my purpose is because I feel like sometimes that's like a cliché statement and a little hard to define, but what's going to make me feel like I have purpose in this life.
0: You know, we only live once and I refuse to be unhappy like it's literally I think I have something wrong like with my DNA and this is why like I've you know left hygiene or switched careers or left so many relationships and I left I left good relationships but it just it wasn't enough and I don't think there's anything wrong with people saying this just doesn't make me happy like it's good But it just doesn't make me happy. And I think people stay, and you said it perfectly, Rachel, about complacent. And I think we get complacent because it's going to be work to change your life. And you're probably going to have to do some things that are scary or you're probably going to have to hurt some people who just aren't meant to be in your life. And far too many people aren't willing to go through that short term pain for that long term gratification. But the more quickly that you can identify what's not making you happy and either speak up for it or make a change or you know make those pivots that the faster life will keep getting better and it's not about being happy and blissful and that nothing's ever wrong in your life because that's not life but it's just recognizing yeah recognizing when you're not happy and then making that shift because when you get to a state of okay now i feel good about my life you know things are good something's going to come up and you're going to have to make that pivot again. And that's the whole process of growth. And I, I really believe that, you know, we are here, you know, having this human experience on this world so that we can go through certain lessons and the people that are not willing to go through the lessons of growth and change are the ones that are going to stay stuck. They're going to stay unfulfilled. They're going to stay unhappy in life. And that's going to have to be their their choice is to stay in that state because, if you don't change, nothing changes.
1: I hope that people who are listening really hear what you're saying and choose to make a change. Um, it's just, it's so great. I do want to, I'm so amazed that you and Joe work together all the time and you live together. How does that work? And yeah, I don't even know what else to ask, but I I think that's amazing
0: we uh, we get this conversation a lot and we actually get a lot of couples into our coaching programs because of this. And honestly, not everybody can work together. And I've experienced this in the past and Joe has experienced this in the past. But if two people come together who want to build a business and a life together, they need to be on the same page. And the number one thing is communication. And I think... Far too many people even struggle with this in their personal relationship, let alone a business relationship. So when you're working with someone in a business, you're toggling between two different relationships. We have the personal side and we have the business side. And it's two very different conversations that have to go on there. And if communication is not clear, this is where things break down. And we've all had this in relationships, and I'm sure you have too, Rachel, where Something bothers you, but you just don't want to say anything because you don't want to make waves or you're like, uh, maybe they'll perceive this wrong or I just don't want to pick a fight. I'll just deal with it.
1: Absolutely.
0: And yeah. And of course, if we don't speak up, things start to build or resentment, the resentment starts to happen. Or sometimes we just assume that people know what we're thinking. So we end up playing stories in our head and getting mad at the other person when they don't even know that we're mad because of something that we perceived. So there's something really big between, you know, like perception versus procedure. And we all perceive things very differently. And if we're not communicating how we're perceiving, then one or both of those people can't change their procedure. So Joe and I have been really good at really clear communication and changing our communication styles to match each other because everybody communicates differently. Joe really likes to like he's good for if something else, something's on his mind, he gets it out quickly. So he doesn't hold back whereas I'm a hold back person and that's something I've really worked on. But the way that he was communicating at first was very abrupt. It was very in my face and he always knew from past relationships and even growing up in his household that you would just fight and yell to get your point across. Whereas myself, I've never to this day seen my parents fight, which I think was good for a, a good upbringing, but I never learned how to work through conflict. So even in past relationships, like I just, I break down when people start to yell at me because I don't know how to work through that. And to me, that means they don't love me. They're mad at me. So at first, and like for the first year of our relationship, and even the first six months of working together, it was hard, like very, very hard. There were very heated arguments. Um, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of breakdown. But if both people are willing to work at it, and this is the key, I've never met someone in a relationship who was willing to come to my level, and I was willing to grow with them as well. So if you're coming together in business, you have to be able to grow together and be able to set your ego aside. And this is the biggest thing. People want to be right. And if you always want to be right, then the relationship will never get better. So Joe, like we literally haven't had a screaming match in... Probably about a year. (laughs) So it's been good. Yeah. yeah. Yay for us. We uh, like we communicate every single day or at least every single week about things that we, hey, you did this, I didn't really like that, you know. I would like for things to go like this, or just, you know, I perceived it like this. Did you mean it like that? And just asking really good questions. Because ultimately we want to live in harmonious relationships. But if if the ego is always there of wanting to be right. Or wanting to be better or, you know, just wanting to one up each other, then you'll never get on the same page. So it takes, it takes a really big person to be able to step up and say, I did this wrong. How can we get better at doing that? And I think like Joe and I are really quick to do that both in sync all the time of where we fell short or where we got short tempered or, you know, Hey, like I, I had this really intense coaching call. I got frustrated or this happened in the business. I wasn't happy and I took it out on you this way so it's it's communication it's dissecting it's learning to grow with each other and understanding understanding each other on all different levels and and that's i think why we
1: thrive so
0: well but it takes both people willing to do that
1: i think that was several hundred dollars worth of therapy that you just shared. So everyone can appreciate that for free. And here's, here's a really good example. Um, I, I,
0: I went away with a couple of days with uh, with one of my girlfriends and she got back last night um, and she had, hadn't been away from her boyfriend in a few days. And he was messaging her that he was cleaning the house and that he missed her so much. And he was saying things to her that she hadn't heard in a long time. So she was really looking forward to get home to see him. And something happened last night and they ended up in a fight and ended up in a screaming match. And she messaged me really upset. And she said, he threatened to move out and take the dog. And I, I thought we were going to have this really great night together because of this time apart. And she, she was talking in like a really resentful way. And she's like, you know, F him and how can he do this to me? And I went away and he should be grateful that I'm back. And what I said to her was, you need to flip this. So if you want. Him to come to you, you need to go to him first. And the fastest way to change other people is to change yourself first. So I said to her, You need to go to him and say, Listen, I'm sorry for how this unfolded. This is making me really uncomfortable to say and express this to you because I know we don't talk like this, but this is how you made me feel. And the person that can do that the first, you're going to change the relationship faster.
1: That is so opposite of my personality and something that I am still constantly trying to learn is to, you know, extend the olive branch, you know, to make that first step and go to the other person. Kind of like you, I'm a little bit of a holdback person, but I also could really easily shrug my shoulders and be like, all right, dude, like if that's the way you feel, like just do it. Like, I don't care. But (laughs) like you said, you know, I want to grow together and I have to remind myself of that commitment and say, okay, let me come to you. You What did I do wrong? What could I do better next time? Those kinds of things. And it sucks. And it's so hard every single time.
0: Yeah. It is hard because it's you stepping forward and saying, I'm not perfect and I don't have it all figured out. And it's showing weakness to the other person. And when you're in a a fight or a disagreement, the last thing you want to do is show weakness. But if you actually show weakness, they're going to come to you with compassion. It's when we show that like hard grit, like F you mentality, or I'm just going to like bottle all all up and not say anything. You know, that's when we end up throwing up like more blocks and layers. And I've been in many relationships where you can just feel these layers getting further and further apart from one another. And that's how relationships break down is when we create these voids. And if we don't shrink those voids fast enough back to that, that connection and that oneness with each other... Then the relationship is doomed. So, you know, if, if you want the relationship to get better, and I think everybody needs to go in a relationship with an open mind, like how you're oper- operating in the relationship today is probably not how you're going to be operating in three, six, or a year down the road. Because humans evolve, like we evolve, we grow, we learn new things. And if you're not evolving together and having that growth mindset into the relationship, then, then you're going to end up with that void. You're going to end up with that unfulfillment. You're going to end up with that you know, communication breakdown. And then ultimately, we end up in a relationship that just doesn't feel right for us anymore.
1: Yeah. you. We keep throwing around the word fulfillment, which <laughs> is a great segue. So talk about the fulfillment project, what you're doing, and where the idea came from.
0: Um, the idea came to me, I was actually like in the shower washing my hair one day as most great ideas come to me. And Joe and I were talking about doing a podcast together. Um, I love podcasts, as I'm sure you do too, Rachel, and, and your listeners here. Um, there's such a great medium for people to be able to intake information and advice and experience wherever they are. It's not like a video where you're consumed and, and you have to sit down and watch something. You know, we can, you know, be putting our makeup on. We can be cooking. We can be working out. We can be in the car. We can be doing anything and listening to it. So I knew that I wanted to start a podcast and, I, I didn't have a name in mind and Joe and I were throwing around the idea of doing a podcast together and I'm in the shower one day and the fulfillment project came to me and you know, fulfillment is something that I feel like we're all ch- chasing and we've talked about this and every time I've made a pivot or changed a relationship or changed business or left a career, it's because I didn't feel fulfilled. And honestly, I don't believe in wasting any part of my life. And I believe I can have the body of my dreams, the relationship of my dreams, the business of my dreams. I can have heartfelt connection with girlfriends and deep, meaningful relationships. I can heal the relationship with my parents and, and all those things that we kind of feel, you know, lacking sometimes in those relationships. You know, you can have it all. And when we can have all area of, areas of our lives in check, this is when we feel fulfilled. So the fulfillment project is about that. Um, it's more around business cause I am a business coach, but I do believe in building a business and a life that you're fulfilled with because my fitness business became very unfulfilling at one point because the business was driving me. I wasn't driving the business. And I believe a lot of people get into business for freedom and fulfillment and control and happiness in their lives but they just don't know how to actually build the business that fulfills their personal life as well. So that's what my podcast is all around. Um, you know, Joe and I ended up not launching a podcast together. That's a whole other story, but, um, you know, that, that's what the podcast is about. And it's just really to help people navigate those, those areas of their life that they feel stuck or frustrated or or fearful of in life and in business.
1: When people click on the link in the show notes to come and check out your podcast, I want to let them know right now that just like you said, you know, we've talked about fitness, we've talked about business coaching, but the content that you have in each episode transcends all of that it's really applicable. If you have any type of relationship, if you're in your life, if you have a job, <laughs> these principles are things that you can implement anywhere. And I have gotten so much out of it, even though I'm not in business and I'm not a full-fledged entrepreneur. So it it's amazing. You're doing a great job. I love every episode.
0: Oh, good. Thank you. It's great to hear that feedback because I'm a human too. Like I get stuck in my own head going, does anybody like this content? Is anybody listening? And you know, I'm sure you've been through that yourself, Rachel, with this show. So it's it's always oh, nice to hear people. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I'm in the same boat too, girl. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: I know. Never, never fails. Well, what are you most excited about this year? I want to hear what's coming up for you before we start to wrap up.
0: Yeah. So Joe and I, I'm doing something scary this year. Um, as I kind of like to always grow and expand myself, uh, we're hosting a really big event, uh, here in the Toronto area. We're doing the first ever Canadian fitness business summit. So we're hosting a summit, um, and we're filling a room of 250 people. And to me, that scares the shit out of me. Uh, you know, we can fill workshops and and our coaching programs, but to get that amount of people with us for two days is, it's a stretch. And I love setting big goals for myself that that enable me to reach out for help when I normally wouldn't in the past, connect with people to help me grow this, you know, network with people to help me sell tickets and, and ultimately, you know, get on stage in front of, you know, 250 people that we've actually brought into this room. Um, You know, that's a really big goal and, you know, that's happening in in less than 60 days now We're 50% sold out and, you know, these next couple months are going to be about, you know, selling the last uh, hundred tickets, which will be, uh, out of my comfort zone, out of our network, um, and doing things that we've never done before. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a growth person, I can't stand stagnant. Um, I find, and I think this is where a lot of people can fall into depression. And now I know that there are actually, you know, there are mental conditions that stimulate depression. And I've dealt with depression myself. But I noticed that Whenever I'm not growing or stretching myself or doing something that and allows me to step into a, a different version of myself, I feel complacent, I start to feel stuck, I start to rely on food or turning to alcohol or things for that short-term gratification. And I think that's something that people need to look at is where are you reaching for happiness? You know, is it over excessive exercise? Is it sex? Is it food? Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it in unfulfilled relationships, because every time we start binging on these sorts of things, it's because we're not being fulfilled in certain areas of our life. So, growth is something huge for me. So that event is stretching us like crazy. Um, I'm I have a goal of getting on more podcasts in front of more audiences, which is why I'm here talking with you and and your network, Rachel. Um, I'm going to be speaking on on more stages this year. Uh, and just getting getting my message out there, so it's a it's a year of of massive massive growth for me.
1: I'm so excited for the summit and I, I love talking about the growth and stretching and taking risks. So gosh, darn it. I wish we had talked about that a little bit in this podcast. Um, hey, but we can, I, we can
0: come on for, We can come on for a part two.
1: <laughs> exactly. I know. Well, it's been so much fun. I think we are going to have to do a part two after the summit. It'll be great to get some feedback from that and see what you learned and all the things that you're ready to share at that point. I have had so much fun chatting with you today. I'm glad we connected. And I'm very serious when I say a part two will have to happen at some point. So thanks for being here. Oh, you're very
0: welcome, Rachel. I am always open for a part two. And you know, maybe we can get some feedback from the audience and you know any questions that they want to know or any topics to dive deeper on, we can definitely do that.
1: Heck yeah, that's
0: great.